Welcome to the Dancer's Choice Podcast. I'm Riley. And I'm Dawson. And we have a special guest with us, Kendall Herman, registered dietitian. If you'd like to introduce yourself, please go for it. Yeah. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. My name is Kendall. I'm a registered dietitian. I have my master's degree in sports nutrition, and I work virtually and in person with athletes of all backgrounds, all ages. Um, I work with IMG Academy, so they're youth athletes, sporting academy, um, virtually. And then in person, I work with the San Diego Wave professional women's soccer team. Um, and I've kind of been all around in the sports world, but, you know, doing a lot of online stuff now. So super excited to be able to talk with the two of you and, and your audience and how we can relate sports nutrition to dancers. I love it. Thanks so much. Yay. Quick question, just because I'm curious, what got you into this industry or like, what's your why, you know? Kind of a happy circumstance. Um, okay. I would say kind of two parts. Um, I got really into health and nutrition, I think from like coming out of being a young female and the diet culture oh, yeah. victim mm-hmm. to that in high school, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, I've been there. But I, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really did love, you know, exercise. I was really active growing up. Um, so I got really into fitness and group fitness, um, and was like still kind of juggling the nutrition piece. I actually went to, I went to Florida state. That's where I did my undergrad and my master's, but I was on the pre-med track there to go to med school. I wanted to be Dr. Pimple Popper. I was like, yes, that gross, gory popping stuff. Love it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And then second chemistry class, I was like, nope, med school is not for me. Um, (laughs) I feel bad. Can't do that. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. So, so much studying. Um, so the pre-med track at Florida state at that time was exercise science or, um, biochem. So I was doing exercise science. It was very, um, a lot of exercise physiology classes kind of in line with like what my interests were. And then we had a class where different, it was kind of like a career class, different people would come in that took that, um, degree and went off and did something kind of just abnormal or different Mm -hmm. with it. And the dietitian for the football team came in and talked to our class. And I turned, I like, remember this clear as day. I turned to my friend and I was like, I want to do that. Like you are like a soccer mom, football mom, right? Like on the sidelines, giving out snacks. There's a lot more science that goes into it than that. But, um, so it kind of was just tying in. Like I, I like sports kind of like grew up in the sports world. I liked, you know, nutrition kind of figuring that out still on my own. Um, so it kind of just tied everything together in a really fun aspect or like what I thought could be a really fun thing to take it into. So I started volunteering with her in the sports nutrition department at Florida State and made a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Um, yes. It was so much fun. Yeah. So you gotta it, start somewhere. It, <laughs> I kind of just stumbled into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's been such a fun journey to kind of land where I'm at now. Um, and really, I think back to you know, you asked like kind of like my why for being here is Mm -hmm. thinking back to like my younger self and being so fixated on nutrition. And we didn't have social media to the extent that it is now. We had the magazines, right? The like, yeah, Yeah. do this diet and this commercials. Absolutely. So I think trying to just help the misinformation and help people that are so confused, the young athletes that are so confused on nutrition and help clarify 
clarifying and builds better relationships with food is kind of my forefront of my why behind all the work that I do. I love that. That's so cool here. I just think that's like good for our audience too to kind of like know where you're coming from. But yeah, kind of want to just hop straight into like the base of the episode. Dawson, if you have anything else to add in. No, Um, I'm ready to get into it. All right. So first things first, I know there's a lot of miscommunication in the industry and just when there's so many people taking in nutrition advice from social media, just kind of feel lost, don't know what's true, what's not. So can you kind of give us a breakdown like nutrition for dummies or I'd like rather say like nutrition for the uneducated, like let's pretend I have no nothing about it. What would you like? How would you explain nutrition to me? Like what are macronutrients? What are micronutrients? You know, carbs, proteins, fats, all that kind of stuff. Love it. So really just like at the baseline of that is like, what is nutrition? And it's, you know, kind of the process process of converting food into energy and getting all the different nutrients that are vital for us, um, that our body needs from food. So that's kind of the baseline. Um, really where I usually start when I'm talking with athletes is laying a good foundation first of your energy needs. And that's what your body, you know, your body has a baseline. We call it your basal metabolic rate. If you were to lay in bed all day without adding in so many hours of dance, your body needs a certain amount of energy just to run digestion, breathing, your liver, your kidneys, your brain. So you have such a baseline of energy needs there. And then on top of that, you add in activity. So we have a certain number of calories there calories is not a bad word i know it has a bad reputation <laughs> not a bad word right no everyone's like cringe no but seriously it's just it's just a unit of energy how we're yeah. measuring energy from our food so with that we break down from calories right we have our macronutrients our micronutrients macronutrients macro we need them in large amounts so those are the nutrients that are providing us with energy in the form of calories. So we have protein, carbohydrates, and fat are the main macronutrients. Alcohol is a separate category. We metabolize it a little bit differently. We wouldn't consider it like giving us anything nutrition, right? Um, But it does (laughs) cost calories, as some of us might know. Um, And then (laughs) the micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals. So we don't get calories from them, but they're super important to help with basic bodily function, metabolism, hormones, enzyme production, everything to kind of like make your engine go. So we definitely need both. Um, We just don't need them as large amounts as we need the macronutrients. Okay. How are we feeling with that answer? Yeah, no, that's a really good breakdown. And I like that you touched on the calories thing because I mean, probably go into this later on the episode, but like all the fad diets we're seeing is stay low calorie and low calorie to see these results in your fitness journey and it's just like you said we're fearing in taking food and then you see the result of like how that leads to under eating whether it's intentional or not so i think that's a really good just thing to make clear to everyone who's listening that it's just another word for energy yeah so absolutely I and that. i trying to just destigmatize and take away the like good and bad when it comes to nutrition i think education is a really big piece of that, right? Like you don't know what you don't know. You just know what yeah. your shirtless influencer in the grocery store is telling you. Exactly. Into that. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Gosh, yeah. um, it's so bad. 
<laughs> it's so bad and it's just it creates fear and it creates mm-hmm. a bad relationship with food and then we're kind of afraid of this thing that we don't really know what it is and at the end of the day it's just a unit of energy um yeah. not good or bad with it it's just it is what it is um and we do need a certain amount to perform our best and at a high level for a long period of time um we might circle back on this point but a big discussion in our community is what's called red so relative energy deficiency in sport mm-hmm. yes. heard of that before absolutely uh, we talked about it like a few episodes ago because that was yeah. a big okay. thing yeah that's it was something like- i dealed with that made me realize i needed to yeah. like reel back in like sit down with nutrition and yeah you know actually feel my body <laughs> and it can be unintentional it can be mm-hmm. intentional right like restricting you know not even in a maybe crazy way, but any sort of restriction yeah. can lead to it. Um, but even unintentionally not knowing how much your body needs, not knowing how much energy from food your body needs can create this deficit that over time can lead to a number of different symptoms, which can really lead to us getting sick and injured, losing our, our menstrual cycle. Um, and then in turn, like can't dance anymore. So mm-hmm. I really just like to create a knowledge hey this is what's going on like you can feel some type of way about it but it yeah is scientific and factual um facts are facts of what our body needs so i think education destigmatizing it is really what is is my end game when it comes to talking about nutrition yeah oh i appreciate you said that i think one thing that came up i like how you started talking about the moralization of food what advice would you give to someone who is listening that's struggling to you know, kind of step out of that mindset. Well, this food, this food's good. This food's bad. Or this food's clean. This food's not clean. I know that's a big thing that mm-hmm. I mean, I struggled with as a dancer. I know, like Dawson, we've had conversations about this, and just overhearing other dancers talk about that. You know, this is good energy. This is bad energy. You know, what advice mm-hmm. would you give to someone who's kind of struggling with that? It's a toughie, right? Because I feel I like that's so ingrained in us yeah. for a really long time. I use I like to use the language something that has more nu- like more nutrient dense. So we might be getting a little bit more bang for our buck in I'm sure we'll talk about carbohydrates, right? In like an applesauce versus candy. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, they both break down to sugar, but we're getting a little bit more nutrient density from the applesauce neither good nor bad they're providing very similar things um so i think trying to just change the language of you know what am i intaking throughout the day is a lot of it maybe not so nutrient dense maybe i need to try and add something that's going to give me a little bit more of those micronutrients a little bit more we know we feel better when we eat more real food right exactly Mm -hmm. so trying to find a balance destigmatizing I think the bad foods like they can fit into your plan I think as long as you're getting a really good day-to-day baseline of what are what your meals look like what your timing looks like hydration having a really good foundation right maybe you guys can help me with this example in like the dance world but I usually talk about you can't go into the gym and like back squat your full weight day one what's like a <laughs> really tough trick dance wise it takes a long time to develop um I would probably say, I guess like it's more of an advanced thing, but if you're doing like all Saccone turns or like Fuete turns, like you wouldn't go into a ballet class your first day of ballet class and, and know how to do 
turns like second start or or literally or just like going into ballet class and doing grand allegro the very first thing like that's like big jumps across the floor so like you yeah, work I was up about to say, let's doing, break it down <laughs> yeah i was like it's big jumps across the floor so like you love wouldn't it, necessarily it. like just walk into class completely like cold not even warmed up and then just be doing these massive jumps across the floor like expecting it to be incredible you know it's the same thing for like a back squat so yeah I love that right like I like how you said like you got to warm up you got to get into it you got to learn how to execute you have to practice all things like that so same when it comes to nutrition you have to lay that really good foundation Mm -hmm. um and then the like the fluff stuff can can fit in but if we're only trying to do the extreme all the time. How's our body going to respond? Not, yeah. not so well. So kind of same thing when it comes to our nutrition. We got to just lay a good foundation. And then the, the fun fun foods, we call them fun, whatever we want to call it. We can even say junk food. Like I think just saying that good and bad just inherently makes you feel not great after right. eating it. Yeah. We're guilty, right? Exactly. We're guilty for what reason? Yeah. Like so you're trying your to just, yeah, you're, you're putting fuel on your body. Sometimes something is better than nothing. Yes. This I think is that's, true. And I think a lot of people need to hear that. Yes. And that's a lot of people pretty, need to hear that. Pretty prominent in aesthetic sports in the dance yeah. world. Um, it, again, it's like giving your body energy when we don't have enough energy, kind of tying it back to reds. What mm-hmm. You guys have talked about before on your podcast, your body has to get that energy from somewhere. And it's going to break down more muscle to use for energy. It's going to start shutting down our menstrual cycle because that takes energy, mm-hmm. um, takes energy to produce hormones. So it's going to just start shutting things down to it, it, to continue to dance at such a high level and so many hours throughout the day. So eating something, right? Like if we only have the option of a cookie in our purse, like that's going to be better than having nothing. Right. Yeah. And then maybe tomorrow we make a better plan, but exactly. I'd rather you have something over than nothing. Yeah. No. Um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, it's so hard to make so many people. Um, I know that you had mentioned briefly, like it was very, like a quick word. You said something about timing of food. And I know that with our dance schedules, that is a huge, huge thing. And I know that's something that I personally had struggled with a lot when I was in the dance conservatory fell into bad, bad, bad habits and then ended up having to take a break from dance because of everything and I couldn't dance anymore. Long story short. But um, would you be able to touch on timing of food with such a rigorous schedule? Because I feel like a lot of people always say, oh, like I don't have time. And I know I said it too. I don't have time to have lunch because I only have a half an hour break and it just doesn't feel good dancing after eating a meal. That was my excuse. I was like, I just don't feel good after like dancing after eating a meal, but there was no space in my schedule to have a meal. And like, I would have like breakfast and then I wouldn't eat the rest of the day until dinner at 8 PM. So if you could touch on like timing of food and why we love to be like, it just doesn't feel good. (laughs) Which is a yeah, lot, which, but <laughs> there, there's some truth behind it. I would say, uh-huh. right, like when we talk about nutrient timing um, in terms of sports nutrition, we're trying to optimize digestion. We're trying to make sure you can have a full meal, probably like your breakfast, right, on your really busy days. You're explaining schedules to me before. Breakfast is kind of like the anchor, and my guess would be maybe 50% of your listeners are skipping breakfast. 
But if the rest of our day is so busy that we can't fit anything in, that would probably be the biggest importance so that you can get in a solid amount there. Um, typically we want like a full meal, two to three hours to like fully digest. So it's tough, right? Like we want to sleep in. Um, but maybe that's our bigger meal. Um, carbohydrates are the most easily digested, right? It's our body's like preference. It actually takes more energy and a little bit more time to digest proteins and fats. So that's why carbs you see a lot of stuff on like my social media. I post a lot of carbohydrates are so demonized, but our body wants to run on them. We're really efficient at digesting them. So a big, you know, maybe a thing of oatmeal in the morning, that's a lot of carbohydrates, but they're slow digesting. It's going to give us some sustained energy. Um, I know you kind of mentioned that a good timing is like eating every two to three hours, ideally okay. perfect world. Right. Um, <clears throat> But it doesn't necessarily need to be a meal if it doesn't feel good on your digestion. You can almost think of like back to old school, like Lunchables. You can pack like little mini like turkey crackers, maybe even like a sandwich that you cut into quarters and just like in between the little classes, like a quarter of it, maybe some pretzels, quick carby things so that mm -hmm. they do digest quickly and they don't sit in your stomach versus like a bowl of pasta might not feel great. Right. Um, so it's how can we find things that we can have little bits in between our sessions um, so that way we're not going so, you know, 12 hours in between our, our fueling. Mm -hmm. That's good. Really beneficial. And another thing just to touch on timing, which kind of bringing in the fad dieting as well. I know a lot of dancers as well are like, well, I don't want to eat till 10 a.m. Because, you know, my digestion, you know, I'm here for taking care of your gut health. But when you're an athlete, kind of like what you said, like something's better than nothing. Like, what are your thoughts on the timing of when you decide to eat or breaking that stigma and myth that, you know, eating before 8 a.m. is bad, especially like when a lot of our dancers. fasting. Yes. In terms like of, a, I guess it'd be that. Because my like concern with this is a lot of dancers start class at eight and some dancers don't get done till 10 p.m. So it's either eat dinner after or I'm just going to bluntly say it. Dancers just won't eat after rehearsals. So what yeah. like I guess how would you advise going about it or how can you break the stigma? Or I guess what are your thoughts on, you know, making sure that you fuel your body before the early mornings and still emphasizing the importance of fueling your body, even if you go late into the night? There's definitely a couple factors at play here, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I would say intermittent fasting, it can be used. It kind of comes from the weight loss space um, mm -hmm. to put you into a calorie deficit to get you to lose weight without thinking too much about it. Mm -hmm. um, most of the research shows that athletes that eat breakfast are more alert, they perform better, they decrease their risk for injury. So just a lot of wins there in terms of, you know, eating something in the morning. I also think if you're not, you know, something's kind of got to give, right? We're starting the day into all these dance classes, but then we're ending so late at night and we might not eat after there. I would say you're better off like front loading your day and mm -hmm. at least starting with a good, decent breakfast. If we are so busy, we're not getting food, maybe like a full solid meal in between. And then mm -hmm. like, we're too tired to eat at night. I'd say like 
what's our lowest hanging fruit? Probably our breakfast to get in a solid amount of fuel. Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, I totally, I understand being tired at 10 o'clock at night and not wanting to go either cook or have a full meal. But after, yeah, all, after all of that dancing, your body's got to recover, right? We recover from sleep, hydration, but also food. So we have three R's of recovery. Uh, it's refueling our carb, carbohydrates, refueling our body with carbohydrates, rebuilding our muscles with protein, and then we want to rehydrate with fluids. So if anything, at least getting those three in in some sort of easy way which could be some sort of recovery drink, whether that's like making a smoothie, a recovery, something that's already pre-made, um, like the core power drinks are great. Mm-hmm. They've got like 40 oh, grams of protein, gosh. some carbs in them already. I would say something, again, like something there's going to be better than nothing because it's going to help your muscles to recover. So the next morning we don't feel so tired, right? Like I could envision like after four days and one week of all of this dancing, we're like hitting a wall, right? We're like, please Friday get comes me to and the you're off like, day. I can't get up for class. <laughs> yeah. 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 And a, a lot of that can be helped by adding in a lit, just a little bit more. Like if you're someone that's really struggling with not eating a ton right now, you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. That's even like trying to do the opposite with like changing mm-hmm. anything with your nutrition changing anything in life, right? Zero to a hundred, you're going to burn out so fast. Yeah. So either starting on like either end, I'd say like starting with a breakfast, maybe having like some sort of recovery after that late night, I can guarantee in a week you would see a difference in your energy levels and how your body's feeling. No, that's a really good tip. And I think that'll help a lot of the dancers because, you know, you just feel overwhelmed by the misinformation and things you hear that are good and things you hear that are bad. And then Obviously, the athlete mindset is I have to go all in. So then mm-hmm. that's where you find the non-sustainable diets. It's like crash and burn. You can't, I don't know, stay consistent. Um, but I, you start talking about the carbs. And I just wanted to mm-hmm. touch on, unless Dawson, you have anything else to add to this. But no, let's, for let's those touch that on are, the carbs. Okay. For those that are carbs. struggling with, you know, the demonizing of carbs oh they're bad I don't want to eat too much can you just provide once again like pretend I don't know anything about nutrition what are the benefits of fueling your body with carbs you know why is that so important to the athlete's body um and then just kind of I mean we've already started talking about this but you know thoughts on the low carb and if that is a good suggestion or not for athletes. Once again, I know we've already kind of said this in the episode. Or just but any like, diet just in general. Like, yeah, should just any to hear coming from you. Do <laughs> any sort of diet, like literally any diet. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> any any no. fad diet, right? When we're saying diet here, we're talking about fad diets. Fad um, yes. And yes. in the nutrition space, your diet is just like what you eat. So I do want to mm-hmm. clarify, like if I, if I happen to say that, I might be saying just like your intake. Um, but fad dieting, no, um, I'll kind of circle back on that, but with carbohydrates, carbohydrates are your body's main and preferred source of energy. So it's really efficient to run off of carbohydrates in the athletic part of that is we store carbohydrates in our muscles as glycogen. So 
when we run out of muscle glycogen, we kind of hit that wall, right? Like Mm -hmm. maybe like your third dance class of the day and you're like really pushing through it. Um, So we do need more fuel in our tank to keep going and to keep performing at a very high level. I think where carbs get into, get a bad reputation is we think of the traditional like American junkie foods, right? Like cookies, Mm -hmm. chips, ice cream, um, et cetera, that category, very sugary foods. Um, but I think we often leave out like rice, pasta, sweet potatoes, oatmeal, um, pancakes, totally fine. Um, granola, things that can't fruit, fruit, vegetables, like there's carbohydrates. There's so many different ones. Um, but I think we kind of get into trouble just cause they're, we think more of like the junky foods. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to kind of emphasize that the carbs are your main source of fuel. So when we're sitting around and eating a ton of sugary things, energy, but we're not using it, what is our body going to do with it? It's going to store it as fuel for later. And we store it as fat. (laughs) So... I think it gets a bad reputation because of all the sugary junky foods that people who aren't athletes are eating. And then that might lead to unwanted weight gain or health issues down the line. But mm-hmm. in terms of athletic performance, those some sugary things like you'll see me post online too, but you can have those around performance because your body's going to use it so quickly as fuel and just being strategic with your carbohydrates I think, again, like laying that foundation, right? Your complex carbohydrates, like our potatoes, our rice, our whole wheat pastas, our wheat breads, our English muffins, bagels, things like that. Using those at mealtime so we have sustained energy. And then using those quick carbohydrates, um, which are like, you know, granola bars, sports gels and drinks and products that do have a lot of quick sugars, using those around dance. That's what they're intended for. A lot of the sports products that get a bad reputation, right? Like the Gatorade. <clears throat> Too much yeah. sugar. Yeah. No, but it's, I don't... it's designed it's, yeah. <laughs> for athletic performance because, right. right, maybe our tummy hurts when we eat food. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we can drink some quick sugar carbs. Yeah. yeah. That's an appropriate time for those things. So I think carbs, you know – First of all, carbs, please eat carbohydrates. You will feel so much better. We love the carbs. Here. <laughs> we love <laughs> the carbs. If there's one thing you take away from this, yeah, absolutely. Um, but circling back to fad diets, um, really the only research that is showing that a low-carb diet can you know, be okay for athletes is in, is in ultra-endurance athletes that are you know, on a really low-carb, high-fat diet and they're getting really metabolically efficient at using fat, but it's not any more beneficial than running off of carbohydrates. Like you can (laughs) compete being fat adaptive, but it's not any more efficient or beneficial than using carbs. And it's a lot harder on your body to train that way. Okay. Some people find great success in it and that's, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Not also demonizing them. Your body is your body, but it's not any more beneficial. So if it's harder to eat that way, right? Where we can't go out to eat with our friends, we have to cook everything ourselves. That just makes it a lot harder overall, I think, to 
you know, have that good relationship with food. So I think low carb is a no go for athletes. What do you, um, what are your um, thoughts on people that go gluten and dairy free, but not for any dietary um, problems? Like they don't, like they can fully process gluten and dairy, but they, decide to like especially for athletes go gluten or dairy free or both that's a really good question i live out in california so i feel like everybody here is gluten or dairy free free. (laughs) yeah (laughs) in some capacity um but that's where nutrition also like is a personal preference and that's okay too but if you are cutting out gluten, are you still eating enough gluten-free carbohydrates, right? Like rice, potatoes, oatmeal, things like that, that do have a good amount of carbohydrates in them, fruits, vegetables, things like that. Also, when it comes to cutting out dairy, calcium and vitamin D are so important for bone health. And we get a lot of that from dairy. Excuse me. We do convert vitamin D in our skin from the sun. But some people just aren't very efficient at it. There's a big genetic component to it as well. So cutting out dairy, we typically see not great blood work levels of calcium and vitamin D. So I just make sure that my athletes that do that, when you're substituting something, making sure that the dairy-free products you're substituting with are fortified with calcium and vitamin D. that you might just be missing out on if you cut that out, especially in the dance world where reds might be a little bit more prominent Mm -hmm. that can cause us to have brittle bones. So we want to make sure if like that might be an issue or cutting out the dairy, it's kind of just setting up this perfect storm to get a stress fracture. So just being aware of if we're taking something out, what nutrients, what micronutrients might we be missing from the things we're eliminating in our diet and we got to get them from somewhere else. Okay. Oh, I do have another – sorry, really. I have another yeah. question no. kind of going along into that. Okay, what are your yeah, thoughts on ask that? Okay. What are your thoughts on supplements then if you're cutting out things like – or necessarily not if you are cutting out things, but just mm-hmm. taking supplements like if you're taking extra vitamin D or calcium pills or – whatever supplement you are taking, like what are your thoughts? Protein powder, um, greens creatine. Powder. I know that's a really big one, especially for athletes. Greens powders. Like what are your thoughts on supplements? All of the above. I love it. Supplements can be really helpful for athletes because you do have higher needs of a lot of, you know, different nutrients, especially even protein. So they can be helpful, but they can be a slippery slope. Um, you're going to get more bang for your buck in terms of nutrients, getting things from whole foods, but supplements are just that they're meant to supplement your normal dietary intake. So I usually use this awesome visual when I'm doing presentations of a pyramid and like energy needs are at the bottom, then micronutrients, then timing, then moderation and supplements are at the very top of that. I like to kind of say that if you are just kind of doing whatever with your nutrition, and you're taking a ton of supplements, it's like having the cherry without the rest of the Sunday. Kind of mm. pointless. Might be wasting our money. So it's got to kind of be two parts. A lot of those supplements, we do still need the other nutrients in our diet to kind of help them do their thing. 
So super important to, again, still have a good foundation. I don't supplement with anything like vitamin D or iron without doing blood work first and seeing where your levels are at. So on like your yearly physical, you can, which I hope people are doing. Um, we hope you're doing if, it. We do yes. it, people, if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, asking for a for blood panel, saying you want to get those things tested. I think especially as a female, it's just important to know a lot of people are deficient um, in vitamin D and iron. Those can also be maybe indicators of having reds or like pre- getting there, like low energy availability is Mm -hmm. kind of the step before reds. So it can just be, you know, again, more information for you um, before supplementing. The other part to that is the supplement industry is the wild, wild west. Don't Mm -hmm. ask why. I don't know why it's unregulated. It's insane. Yes. Maybe our generation will be the ones to get them to get their act together, but anything that has a supplement. (laughs) so. Right. Anything that has a supplement fax on the back, there's no one regulating and making sure what's in that product is what's on the label. What's on the label is what's in the product and nothing else, no cross-contamination. So I'm not sure that dancers get drug tested. No. No. No, not That's like how like, like D1 athletes not like or anything athletes. to make sure that no. there's no like cross-contamination yeah. with any supplements. Yeah, no, we don't. Um, I still would emphasize get using things that are high quality and just making sure they are third party tested. Um, because why not? You only got one body. Might as well make right. sure what we're putting in it is top quality. Um, so there's NSF certified for sport. There's informed cer- sport certified and even BCSG, um, is certified drug free, but the NSF certified one is pretty legit third-party testing, um, also informed sports. So I recommend if you're going to take a supplement, trying to find one that's third-party tested. Um, I know you mentioned greens. I actually just posted something on my TikTok <laughs> yesterday and all, all the high I schoolers are that. like, oh no, <laughs> bloom. Oh, um, so I was and- like, let's, <laughs> right. let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I reposted that on the Instagram today and I was like, okay, we're going to unpack that later. Oh, I love that. I love that it's so much. One. Um, and that one for me, a couple parts of it. One, if it doesn't completely replace like normal eating mm-hmm. fruits and vegetables, it can be a placebo, right? If you think it makes you feel good, like totally fine with me, but bloom specifically, it got so big so fast that for me, I even sent that video, like just a red flag of like, where are yep. you sourcing these greens mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. I would be very curious to see their testing for, um, you know, uh, other things in that in those greens powders and where it's coming from. Heavy metals. Mm-hmm. Um, some greens have had traces, you know, high amounts of heavy metals just because we don't really know where they're sourcing them from because it grew so fast, right? Mm-hmm. So right. that's kind of my big flag um, with that company specifically. Don't come for me, um, but there are <laughs> you're good. Yeah, I think we're good. There are other ones. There are other ones. Like if you if you think it makes you feel good and think you want to dabble with it, um, just don't replace your normal intake of fruits and veggies with it. Athletic Greens actually is NSF certified for sport. I had a couple of my athletes, baseball guys, taking that a while back, and they just they were just drinking the juice right there. Just like I feel so good, mm-hmm. like da da da. So if placebo effect goes 
a big way too. Yeah. Um, so there are vitamins and minerals fortified in there. So it's not for not. Um, just pay attention to like what the products you're getting are. Um, protein powder, Dawson, I know you asked. I think protein powder is probably my most like used and recommended supplement just because it can be really convenient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So athletes have a higher protein need than their non-athlete friends because you have a higher what's called protein turnover rate. So anytime you're exercising, dancing, your body is breaking down protein. So we got to turn back on our protein building switch. And anytime you eat or intake protein, we're turning that switch back on to build your muscles back up and repair them. So protein powder can be really convenient. Again, want it to be third-party tested, just a high-quality source. There are a ton you can find at most stores, mm-hmm. um, like a Muscle Milk or even Orgain, Costco, Love. right? We like budget friendly yeah. um, from Costco or even like a Fairlife. I think we were talking about that earlier, like a Core Power mm-hmm. that is more like um, nutrition grade. So those ones have nutrition facts on them. Um, I think protein powder can just be really convenient to get in more protein, especially if we're not eating regularly throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, creatine kind of rapid firing here. Um, one of the most uh, studied supplements in sports nutrition, I think it gets kind of confusing. It's not a steroid. Um, yeah. it's, we, <laughs> we get it from food. We get it from animal products. Um, and it's actually, I talked about glycogen being our, our muscles energy source. We actually use creatine in like the first few seconds of exercise. Um, in metabolism for energy. So when you're supplementing with creatine, we're giving our muscles a little bit of extra fuel. So that way we could go a little bit harder, a little bit longer, which can lead to increases in like strength and power um, and performance, preserving your lean muscle mass, things like that. I'm also pro creatine. I think sometimes people can say it makes them feel bloated, um, but there's newer research coming out with um, creatine beneficial for brain health as well mm-hmm. as um, for women with preserving yep. their lean muscle mass. So that research is a little bit newer, but creatine for you know lean muscle mass and athletic performance has been around for a very long time. It's generally recognized as safe, again, with um, any sort of supplement, just third-party tested. I think it gets a also a reputation of like just gonna make me bulky. Yes, it's not gonna that do was that. What I was gonna say, <laughs> people like should dancers, people that don't lift weights, like would it be beneficial for them to take creatine? Basically, I think so. Um, I mean, it's definitely an individual thing. I don't just like blankly say everyone should take this, but mm-hmm. I think it can be beneficial. Um, I think also again, like it's not a magic pill. I also have this like great visual. It's like potato chips plus vitamins doesn't equal like a healthy diet. Um, so <laughs> still having like a, a good foundation of your, your nutrition first, that bottom of that pyramid mm-hmm. and then supplementing with that stuff. Otherwise you might not feel the effect of it. You might not get the full benefits of it. And then it's at the end of the day, like a waste of money. Um, mm-hmm. like in this economy, no, thank you. Right. So we oh, got to also be making sure we're getting like getting the full benefits from those supplements. And we still have to have a good foundation first before going to the top of that pyramid. Perfect. And then just to touch on supplements too, how mm-hmm. would you recommend replenishing electrolytes? Because I know a mm-hmm. lot of people good look question. into the powders and there's this fear around 
like sugary Gatorades and drinks because of the or high like sugar liquid that we touched IVs on earlier and all that. Yeah. Just your thoughts on approaching those supplements and then how else can you, you know, replenish your electrolytes without going straight to the supplement first? Because you still, like you said, want to keep it in your like baseline nutrition as well. Good question. So electrolytes, we mostly lose sodium in our sweat and then a little bit of potassium, magnesium, calcium. So we really want to look for something that has a fair amount of sodium um, and then potassium body armor is kind of controversial because it has like no sodium in it. We're like, that's mostly the one you're losing. So it's going on there. Um, you can just choose more like salty foods. I feel like that one, the answer would be like, uh, that's going to make me retain water. Um, but right. Yeah. Um, so you can, <laughs> you can just be strategic around when you're having it. So if we know we have a really long day, maybe either beforehand or like during having some you know, maybe a salty snack. Pickles are super salty. So we could like have that as a little snack. Those like gherkin pickles with like Pickle maybe our mini lunch or snacks could be great. That. Um, adding a little bit of extra like salt to our dinner um, yeah. can also like get the trick done. Um, but electrolyte beverages can be really helpful. Again, like convenient. Um, most I feel like brands like a Gatorade, Powerade do have like a no sugar added mm-hmm. option. Gatorade's mm-hmm. also coming out with like the no dyes line. Um, if you're also like in that space um, or like have that preference. So tons of options with those companies. Liquid IV, same thing. They're, they just came out with a no sugar added one. Mm-hmm. But when you have a no sugar added product and they taste really sweet, yeah. they're putting something else in there. And sometimes those artificial sweeteners can cause stomach issues. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. <laughs> yep. I can't oh, see yeah. any artificial sweeteners. I'm like, oh, it's done. I'd rather have the real thing. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the th- something like a liquid IV or a drip drop or Powerade, something that does have those sugars. And again, like if you're struggling to stop and have a snack or a meal – it can be really convenient to kind of get it all in one product. Um, it, they're pretty low in terms of carbohydrates. They're like the equivalent of maybe a banana. So I would say it's perfectly appropriate to have it in between all your classes or like a practice or something like that. So that way we're like replacing our electrolytes, getting a little bit of energy from carbs and also getting fluids. It's kind of, you know, again, really convenient. Um, but yeah, again, that comes down to preference. If you can't handle the, the sugar in it, try the no sugar ones. If you can't handle the, the fake sugar, um, maybe just try and stick with food sources, um, and a little bit of just table salt, um, can go a long way. Awesome. Nice. Perfect. No, that's good to, that's good to know. I know there's like a lot of fear around, you know, buying the there's, convenient I feel like there's just like a lot of fear around a lot of different things. Just in general. And it's just all from like social media because one person says one thing and then another person says another thing mm-hmm. and then it rapid fire spreads around everywhere and then suddenly like everyone's mm-hmm. scared to touch a bagel or scared to, I don't know, have a liquid IV. So it's just mm-hmm. the unfortunate mm-hmm. circumstance of the social media. I think what I like to emphasize when I see and like talk to young female athletes is, you know, what, what are your long-term goals with what you're doing with dancing? Are we trying to 
go on to the next level? Are we trying to do this as a profession? And again, like you only get one body and the number one career ender in your sport is injury. Mm -hmm. So everyone's body is so different. If your friend is doing X, you don't necessarily need to be doing X. Um, If you don't feel good, like skipping breakfast, but your friend skips breakfast and she's like, I feel great. That's okay. Everyone's body is completely different. You have different genetics. Um, you have a different background, how your body processes food could be different. So I think like anything in life, right? Like comparison is the thief of joy. It's really easy to fall into to that, especially at a young age. But mm-hmm. I think going back to if you want your body to do what you want it to do for a long period of time, you got to give it the right fuel to be able to do that and to be able to recover Um and keep going, right? It's kind of like, yeah. kind of like a car. You got to take care of it for, you know, any of you Say guys have time. parents. Yeah, parents <laughs> that have like a super analogy. old car. <laughs> yeah, I, I was making this other day and I'm like, and I'm not talking about an electric car, but I guess you do have to like plug it in and charge the battery. Yeah, like, it still needs juice. <laughs> same thing. But if you look at some people who have like model cars, right, that they've had for a very long time, like they regularly tune it up. They only put high, high premium gas and oil and all the things in it. I mean, I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't really know much about fancy cars, but I think we can all kind of get the gist of it is like they're taking such delicate care of it. And we should take that care of our body if we really want it to last at a, you know, I think a lot of girls can also get away with skipping meals or not doing all of these things when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm telling you like mid twenties, you really start to feel everything. So yeah. don't get, I guess, cocky with being young and start laying a really good foundation now. So you don't have to play catch up later. I love that you said that because we're both alum now and I feel just being out of that crazy schedule, I'm realizing, mm-hmm. I feel like I feel the effect more where, oh shoot, oh, yeah. you didn't eat. Like I haven't eaten in three hours. I feel like I'm about to like hit a wall and go down. And then I think, how did I do that yeah. when I was in the conservatory? And it was just like, I was on autopilot, not even thinking about it. So I guess yeah. it just like goes to say if anyone else is listening right now, you know, no longer dancing, but you're, or at least at that intensity, still dancing, mm-hmm. still yeah. training as an athlete, but not to the extent of like the conservatory dancers, it still matters. And I think that's one thing a lot of dancers struggle with is I'm not dancing or training as much right now. So I don't need to fuel as much. I yeah. guess mm-hmm. I don't know what your thoughts are on that or if you have anything to add in there. That's a great one to put out there, Riley. Often, I love that. <laughs> I think oftentimes we associate, one. well, yeah. I'm not training or it's the off season. I'm not yeah. dancing, so I don't need to eat as much or yeah. fuel isn't that important anymore. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> That's a great one. And kind of tying back to what I said in the beginning, your body does have a baseline of energy needs mm-hmm. to run basic bodily function. And not to like give any sort of numbers, but just a ballpark to run your body at baseline. Most women is 13 to 1500 calories to just lay in bed and do nothing all day. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure most of us have looked at calories at some point in our lives. So we know what that ballpark means, right? So (laughs) that, that is baseline for most women without adding in an activity factor of how much you're doing. So you you don't need to earn your food through exercise, through dance, through training. Um, you need a lot more on those days. Yes, but you still need 
you know, a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, maybe some snacks on a day you're not. Maybe even more so if you only have one day off because it's your day to get in multiple that, meals. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe foods that you can't eat on that day because, you know, two salads, right, is like our go-to when we're on a diet. Oh, yes. Um, but it's a lot of fiber and going from dance class to dance class, that might not feel good on our stomach either because it takes a lot for your body to digest that fiber. It actually is the indigestible part and adds bulk mm-hmm. to our to our stool, but it can make us really gassy, really bloated if we're only eating a lot of vegetables or a lot of salads. So on the off day, that can be the opportunity to get in a lot of veggies, a lot of fruits, a lot of things that might upset our stomach or make us gassy on a big dance day. That's awesome. That's good to make a note of. Um, I guess we started talking about this and I know we're like getting close to the hour. So I do want to wrap it up here in a sec, but I guess then how would you advise fueling the day before like a big performance when you do have that opportunity to maybe get some extra fuel in, but, um, just for reference, like performance day, you might start at 10 AM for a warm up, and then you get ready and then you do a little few run throughs and then you have your performance from, you know, two to four, um, some nights they have two shows or it's just one show. How would you just advise fueling and getting your body ready for big performance days or shows? I'd say first using your rehearsal days to practice. Um, you know, you don't go to the big show without rehearsal. So practicing these, you know, finding your go-to meals that feel good for you and your digestion is really important to play around with. I think having an extra serving or two of carbohydrates at dinner the night before can go a long way. If we get like a nervous stomach the day of a performance and like really can't eat a ton, um, going off of that, like starting off with a solid breakfast of something again that like, you know, you can digest well, carbohydrate heavy, have a little bit of protein, not too much fiber. Um, Obviously, you probably won't be having a lot of vegetables at breakfast, but maybe some fruit, but not too, too much. Um, and then hydration, staying well hydrated um, before, during, and after is important. Um, I'd say if rehearsal starts at 10, um, maybe having breakfast around like 7.38, enough time to have a pretty solid meal um, and have you know, completely digest that before we get there. And then I'm sorry, what time did you say rehearsal would be at 10? And then what time? I'm trying to think through like a schedule, I guess some days it was, you know, you have to be at warm ups at noon and then you don't go on till two. So you do have a break between your warm up and when you actually Mm -hmm. hit the stage. So let's say, I guess from your first answer, you're thinking like two to two and a half hours prior to your warm up, so you have plenty of time to digest a full nourishing meal. And then let's say they have a two hour break before they hit the stage. What would you advise there? I would say definitely have something, um, but something that is going to digest quickly. So quick carbohydrates, think like your, your easy sugar things. I post a lot about like applesauce or a banana, um, even like a PB and J could be a good one, right? Like usually pretty easy to digest. This is where like, white bread can be great because it doesn't have that fiber and it's going to digest quickly. It's like an uncrustable. Maybe if you're someone that has a nervous belly, maybe packing, um, like a shake or even juice, something to get a little bit extra in you. That's where maybe a sports drink could also come into play. So we're getting a little bit more carbs, 
if we're not going to eat something. Or if you're like, I am hungry, but I don't want to attend in my stomach, you could pair a small snack with a drink. So that way you're getting a good amount of energy Mm -hmm. without having too much in your stomach before going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I could keep asking questions forever. Dawson, I know. Do I'm like, so like, many things just keep popping into <laughs> like, my head. Like, let me pick your like, brain. Oh, no, we don't have enough time. <laughs> no, I'm so excited well, we for everyone this to hear this. This is so fun. Yeah. We yeah. Too. I'm okay. sure. Riley, did we get any questions? Um, do we have any we other ca- questions or anything? We, we cover all answer them. them as we started going around. So we had some questions Great. about the I low carb, the supplements. I love that. I just want to make sure we, we covered yes. all the questions that people had or that you and I had. I know some will definitely come up to surface as we listen to this later, but I think this is a good place to kind of leave off so much good information and definitely helpful for the dancers that do listen. Um, There's just a lot of, like we said, like demonizing and the nutrition and, you know, Mm -hmm. fear around food. And I think it's just really beneficial to start breaking the stigma. So we really appreciate you just being able to speak to this side of the athlete world. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was so fun. Of course. Um, We would love our audience to be able to connect with you or follow you. So if you want to share and drop where they can find you on like Instagram, TikTok, your business. Promote yourself. Yeah. Promo, please. Promo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at The Athlete Dietitian. It's dietitian with a T, not a C. And um, it's just my website is theathletedietitian.com. I actually have an online course that I finally finished about a month ago. And thank you. It was a long time coming. (laughs) Um, Again, I'm super passionate about helping build better relationships with food. And I talk about having a solid nutrition game plan. So this walks you through in like very short videos because like I have no attention span. So videos are super short. Lots of resources. It walks you through creating your own plan a lot of examples around timing a lot of my favorite products in there um there is a whole thing on supplements in there as well and then i have an option to upgrade to do two sessions with me that's pretty fair price um in terms of working one-on-one with a dietitian so it's super great i'm keeping it super low priced um because i just want more athletes to have access to this sort of nutrition support um so that's also linked on on all my socials (laughs) Amazing. amazing yeah Thank you so much, Kendall. This was awesome. Of course. It was so awesome. Great questions. Thanks for having me. Um, If you guys get more questions or if you guys are more curious, we'd love to continue this conversation. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We will will definitely have you back on. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. All righty. We're going to close off the episode here. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.